Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Men's Wear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker. Today on the show, I am talking to the founder of Kestin, Kestin Hair. So, Kestin Hair, based now in his hometown of Edinburgh, Scotland. The brand was created to redefine modern Scottish design by blending innovation with tradition. They weave in references from their heritage and homeland, combining integral details with other areas of inspiration, including vintage, workwear, military, sports, and outdoor. And now, to talk about the brand in his own words, is the founder, creative director, Kestin Hare. Well, I am Keston Hair, which gets really confusing, and the brand's called Keston. So I'm I'm the person Keston Hair, and I'm the creative director, founder founder of a brand called Keston, which is which is handy, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, I've got a, a menswear brand um, based in Edinburgh, um, and uh, we've been going since 2014 uh now so uh and we make um really good quality um menswear uh that is built to last uh that um is inspired by lots of different things um which i suppose we'll probably get into um yeah. as, we, as we go along yeah please i mean we were just talking off mic how you spent around seven years in london was that before you moved up to edinburgh and what was it that you learned in london towards the brand um i think you know we were were just discussing just now you know we when you first when i first started out um after and i I studied in um northumbria and in newcastle um where i left edinburgh to go and do um fashion design and marketing and um one of the there was like a year placement where i went down to london and and worked uh down there because it was always seen uh at that time that you had to go and work down in london and and cut your teeth down there and if you ever wanted to to start a brand that was that was the place to 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 do it um so uh, i went down to london uh for my year placement but then i ended up going back um and working down there afterwards um and was in london probably for about seven years on and off um working for different people and uh and i I love london i still love london now it's almost like a a a second home but um you know home home is is edinburgh and and um we came back um when my daughter was born um so we've been back now for almost 13 years I think in in Edinburgh and initially had to kind of spend a lot of time kind of going between the two kind of commuting up and down and I was freelancing for for a few um different brands to try and and then to try to start my own brand at the same time so it was it was kind of trying to get money in um to live and and and, and it's that kind of balance I suppose with anybody goes on their on their own is that kind of you know you need sort of three days a week doing consultancy design work to then pluck up enough courage to you know jump into to fully doing your own brand and and you know getting it to a point where you can financially do that as well um so yeah yeah the leap of faith as it were yeah the leap of faith <laughs> into it so you know and, and and it was a you know it was a long it was a long time ago now or it feels a long time ago uh and things things were very different back then you know it wasn't you know there wasn't just the 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 uh the kind of technology that that we have now where brands can start out and and suddenly they can be on instagram selling or shop you know can get a shopify account you know it it was 
you know back then it was it was very different it was um you know you you became almost like a wholesale brand by default because you, you didn't have your own store at that point and right. you know I was making I was making jackets in the east end of London and you had to make 50 of them and you weren't going to sell you know 50 of them yourself so you had to sell them to somebody else so you you had to go to a trade show and you then um you know I was, I was lucky enough to 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 get a few good stores you know that that picked up the brand and you sold to them and then you knew somebody that knew somebody that could maybe build your website you know it was like revolutionary you know right. some back really you know oh so I know somebody that, that knows somebody that could maybe build your website and you could maybe start trading you know off it and so I think there was a you know a combination of of um you know wholesale and and then eventually you know we, we got our own store in, in Edinburgh a small store where we were designing out the back of it and trading out the front of it and wow. you were the the Saturday boy and and the designer and the you know and and everything you know so and so who who was the team like back then I know obviously you yeah you you sound like very much a, a one man band trying to get it all off the ground yourself but what yeah were the, what were the pillars <laughs> yeah. around you I think you know there's um there's a guy called Tom Cuddy uh, who who still works for me actually he was one of the sort of founding members back then who sort of came as a a graduate on placement um, from um, uh, Harriet Watt University Edinburgh kind of uh, Edinburgh sort of uh, textile um, uh, course and um, he came to me and sort of work, helped worked and you know working in the shop and then you know and he's still with me now so you know there was like two or th you know three of us that were sort of you know production manager I think was the sort of kind of first sort of person you sort of brought in and 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 Tom and myself and it was, it was like three it was like three of us you know uh, you know starting to to really um start designing and and um and producing very locally at that point you know because um it was cheaper to manufacture in the UK and you could do small quantities and you know that that's what I've been brought up on and as a designer you're always molded by all of your exper past experiences so you know my time at um uh, Cabourn, you know was, was very much you know about uk manufacturing and and that's you know what what i came out um you know because that was sort of the the main role i suppose um you know as head of design there before um before starting my own brand and and you know i, I think that kind of gave me the courage to to start my own brand because i, I kind of felt like um you were you know you were it was a small team and you I was doing a lot of, doing a lot of that at that point so you kind of had the confidence then to kind of go right maybe I could do this myself yeah and I think we touched upon it when when you're in Edinburgh do you feel like uh, launching a brand there that you're kind of closer to the authenticity like you're closer to the mills you're closer to you know the the heritage of where most of the fabrics come from as opposed to say if you're in London starting a brand there are a lot of London brands that seem to hijack the name London and kind of tack it onto the end of everything and then when you get to the fine print you realize oh it was everything was just made in Portugal anyway <laughs> but yeah. that doesn't stop them from putting a picture of Big Ben on the front and by the way I'm including HP Source in that <laughs> makes in the Netherlands not even in London but I digress is that right I didn't know that I'll go well 
Well, yeah, look it up. It's on the back I of the label. I can't have a ban on brand source, unfortunately. That's not. That's not gonna. I need, need that. I'll. I'll. Uh, there'll be. There'll be. There'll be some issues. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, as thought, you know, up, up here, brand source is. Uh, no, it's everything. Um, oh, it's everything to me as well in this household. I think. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I think you know. Um, Edinburgh's and Edinburgh and Scotland is a is a fantastic fantastic city and country to to be in. And you know, as we said, you know, like when you first started out, it was always you know you had to be down in London, surrounded by you know what was going on in London. And I do I do believe that that definitely helped me, you know, in the early stages and and um, working for the people that I work for and getting experience. You know, it's all experience, experience, experience. And I, I did leave. A little bit earlier and tried to sort of start doing things and it didn't it didn't quite work out at that point i didn't really have you need to have the connections and i think and the experience to 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 then come back and and try and make a go of it and you know have you know have the experience or had the experience of working with all these different people to to be able to understand really how it works and and to to make it a success i suppose um and yeah, it does. You know, it does. It does um, frustrate me all, all of that. You know, where where you know people are trying to pull the wool over over people's eyes. You know, we're, we're you know we're very lucky. There's not many other Scottish menswear brands, um, and that kind of gives us a bit of a, a unique um, place to be. Um, and I'm always, I've always been drawn by, you know, inspired by my memories of growing up in Scotland, or you know, and, and even now the you know. The places that you go on holiday in Scotland, or or the traditions, or the the history of of you know what's happened in Scotland, not just in in textiles, but in all different types of you know culture and and art and design and architecture and and all those kind of things. Um, you know, I, I definitely think it gives you you know a bit of of depth and and you know and and um, a story to tell as well. You know, it, it's I think maybe it's sometimes a little bit difficult to tell a tell a story when there's lots of other people telling our story so it, it you know the same story so uh, you know when we're telling a different story it's it's easier um for us uh, i suppose um yeah i think I, so as speaking as a consumer and somebody's that's worked in their own menswear shop selling selling other people's clothes it always helps that the brand has a has a really good narrative but, but but comes from a place of honesty, like there's a through line where you don't have to confuse people where they'll see something and go, oh, I get it instantly. And there's there's no conflation here of like, why why is it saying this? And then I go on the website and it looks completely different as to. So I think that helps. And I'll just give you a, a, a quick story. For when I was working in a shop, there was a, a T-shirt company. There was a, a founder who'd lost his brother, I think, to some kind of uh, a BC. So basically he just, you know, he just got too big and and, and died of something. but on the shirt it would always say my armchair killed my brother neil and you could lift up the t-shirt and there would be like a little biography like written inside the t-shirt no and it would just be like something that you know you would tell someone you'd they'd go well i don't know what that stands for they look at the anagram and then you can give them like a little something for them to pass on and tell someone else so i think that the importance of a story especially with a uh, with a brand is it just can't be underestimated i think no i i, I agree i mean it's um 
you know, we're, we're a Scottish brand. We don't claim to make everything in Scotland or in the UK. You know, the we, we do make a lot of products in Scotland and we do make a lot of products in, in the UK generally. You know, a lot of, um, of our productions in Portugal and in the Far East, um, you know, for the more technical and downfield product that that is just impossible to make um, in Europe at, at, you know, a certain price and a certain quality and, and all of those kind of um, things. But... Yeah, the narrative the narrative is really important and difficult to tell. You know that story. Uh, you know, particularly when you're you. You know, we were a sort of seventy percent wholesale, thirty percent sort of direct brands, and and when your products in you know somebody else's store, you know you're relying on good sales guys to tell that that story. Um, so that was difficult in the early days. Um, you know, it's become much easier now with social media and Instagram and TikTok and all those kind of things. You know, where where if you um, can tell the story and and you know you can align all of those things. I mean, we, we've just launched um, our outdoor garments um, capsule collection um, for the first time, uh, and we're not an outdoor brand. You know, we're, we're definitely a, a traditional menswear brand, but. We we are able to play in in that space because you know we're we're constantly, you know, getting people coming to Edinburgh that are about to go up north or you know go go up a mountain or do a Munro or or go travelling up the the you know the West he- you know the the Highlands or the the Hebrides or or wherever they they come. So generally, they are coming to Edinburgh as a you know, a first um, point of call um, before they go on to that. Um, and I've always been interested in um sort of technical fabrics and performance and all that sort of stuff but that's become more and more uh interesting to me as i've gone on um you know and and i think it's a space that we want to play more and more in 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 the future and we've seen the success of of um you know the the outdoor garments um collection that we've we've just launched um it's just a sort of small capsule collections of you know two two fleece styles a three layer um tape seam jacket which is waterproof and a, and a downfill um jacket as well um yeah i'm looking at one now sorry to sorry to talk over you i'm looking at one now on the instagram which is uh, kestin.co by the way we'll leave all the links on the show notes it's a it looks like a an orange quilted but kind of uh almost a honeycomb quilted yeah onion, onion quilted um uh puffer jacket um and i think you know it was it's really that you know telling that story i think is really important and you know i think you know the you know i'm lucky enough that my my wife um jem who's the my partner and and the business and and partner in life and everything she's come from a marketing background you know and i I think once you get the two together where you get great you know marketing and hopefully okay design you know and you put you put the two together you can really create something you know really special and and you know, it's very much about you know right product, right time, telling the right story. You know, in a you know authentic way. You know, all of those things. Once you know that that's the sweet spot, I suppose, is when you get all those kind of things coming together. Yeah. Um, and and that's been you know incredibly successful. Um, and it and it's pushing me as a designer. You know, because you know I, I've always been very inspired by kind of um workwear or military or or second you know second world war and, and an avid collector of vintage clothing and a big vintage archive and that's definitely come from 
Cable and, and my mum as well, who's a collector of um, of vintage, um, you know, and and, uh, and I suppose, uh, you know, seeing uh, and getting into collecting, you know, particularly, I suppose Eddie Bauer, old Eddie Bauer stuff, um, you know, you can probably see that kind of influence coming through and in, into some of our, you know, products. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you yeah. know, I think it's if you get it all together at, at the right time, it's it's. You know, you get it's a winning formula. I mean, it looks great. I'm, I'm also interested. Your, your name's Kestin here. The brand's called Kestin. Yeah. How much front of house are you looking to be now, especially like on the social media front? I'm seeing, I'm, I'm not seeing many images of you, is what I'm saying. But there must have been a point at the start of the brand where you had to propel everything. So you must have had to be in front and center. Have you kind of dialed it back a little bit since? uh well, well it came through um we had a uh a, a, a japanese partner and, and i'd worked quite a lot in japan with my time with with nigel and and um margaret Howe and and um we always had japanese um partners within the business so i was quite used to sort of working with the japanese partners and then um so when we teamed up with the japanese they said well we think you know the brand should be called keston hair and i was i i thought that was a terrible idea thought it was um you know it's like why why would you want it? it sounded kind of like you know a little bit old-fashioned for me at the time it was sort of like and I wasn't you know it wasn't like a designer designer it wasn't like you know Paul Smith or you know like you know that that kind of um thing and and brands were normally kind of you know one word or you know yeah. that that you know or they were called something that that didn't really mean anything but kind of associated with workwear or you know something like that you know it's um so the idea of calling cast and hair was initially took a lot of a lot of getting used to and um but it was the japanese wanted to do it because of my um past uh with working with nigel cable and we had a design there and and um that was the idea with it and then eventually we shortened it to casting which is what everybody sort of knew the brand as which um which is kind of easier. It's easier to brand. It's you know, it's not as long. It's you know, it's mm. easier to say. It's easier to create a brand. And 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 the easy, and the good thing is no, you know, it's easy to get a domain because nobody wants nobody wants the domain or nobody you know. Um, so <laughs> in some ways, it's really lucky. I mean, growing up with the name in uh, in Scotland at a school, you know, you got Kirsty Kestrel. Nobody could say Kestin. It was right. it was like a, a Norwegian name that my mum sort of tweaked. I think it was Kest T O N, and then she changed it to I N, and and that was that was it. <laughs> nice. So she's kind of she should be um, you know taking some sort of um, commission or something. Yeah, like way ahead in the SEO charts. You know, yeah, she's just, she's just thinking like <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow and uh, Beckham's calling their kids. You know, yeah, that will stand out a bit more in the future. I love it. Um, well, you mentioned Japan there. We so you have a license over in japan under kestin are you kind of in the we, we, uh so we we designed and, and produce and we and we still do uh design and produce our collection which is sold to japanese um stores um over there yeah do you get a chance to go out there much now um i went i, I, was, I used to go out there a lot before uh before covid and and um i've not been out there since i'm trying to plan to go out there next year um but I've not I've not been out there for a while actually. But I, I, I mean I I I grew up you know with working with Japanese. I mean I met Sam Sigore, um, uh, who 
you know, was was Margaret's partner and and um, Nigel's partner when I was in my early twenties. You know, and and Kai, who I worked with now, who's now at, at Snow Peak, and and you know that so we, we've kind of I've got a kind of long standing relationship with um, with working with with Japanese and, and 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 I suppose our our style and our aesthetic um, lends itself well and and does well, you know, in the in the Japanese market. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's a fascinating place. I've, I've just did a cruise out there just recently, um, oh. and so so managed to go all the way around Japan. But also, um, I've been speaking to a friend who um I've co-written his book for, and he's got a license out there, and he speaks really fondly of the time when he had uh you know a lot of concessions out there in in Japan, and how it at times i mean he's too modest to say this that you feel like a rock and roll star when you go and see and curate your own collections and people will over the years remember you and bring back photos of like oh do you remember me when we met in your in your first collection here and they'll like sign yeah. photos every year that they go i mean that it's it's somebody a, drew a picture of me once which i thought was like really nice you know like <laughs> got presented with like this kind of drawing you know pencil drawing of myself nice um, nice. which is incredible yeah i mean i i generally you know osaka and tokyo and i'm I'm in and out and i'm either seeing mills or or you know showrooms or you know that type of thing so I, I, this time around i definitely want to try and see some of the country because i've never i've never seen outside of osaka or tokyo and 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 the bullet train in between you know yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. kyoto obviously you gotta, gotta yeah, yeah kyoto that, that's top of the list yeah yeah do the castle from bond well um Kesson, i've only got a few minutes left on the call but it's been fascinating talking to you thanks for walking us through the story um i wanted to quickly tap onto your designs i know we were dialing back to earlier on in the conversations but are there is there anything like from films music like iconography of your youth that are still prevalent in your designs today do you think uh, yeah, I think there's there's lots of different things over the years, but I mean, I, I do remember when I I started out working in uh, well, I was, I was at Northumbria Uni and I was studying fashion, and I, I was I got there was an amazing independent which is not there now um, called Strand in Newcastle, and they were in Newcastle and 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 Leeds, and Dave Dalby um, who was kind of the, the buyer and owner of the brand he used to you know he bought brands there the first time I'd seen like you know Prada Sport and when Neil Barrett was was creative director there you know and what they were doing now back then was the first time I'd seen like technical um fabrics put into to you know traditional menswear shapes and and styles you know and and the quality of the of the fabrics and and you know probably all Italian you know Italian fabrics or Japanese fabrics and you know, I think that was that was I saw then that you know you could potentially take. I like the twist that they put on the technical twist on on the traditional shapes or or styles. So, and at the same time, I was working with Nigel Cable helping cut patterns when I was a student and going up there. So I had this kind of world of of heritage and I had this world of tech. And I, and I think for me now, and I see it a lot in, in our you know my designs is that. You know, take workwear. You know, particularly take a workwear jacket and and cut it in a in a technical nylon, or you know. So there's always a, a bit of a, a twist to it, and I, and I can only think that that's where that started to to come from, and 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 I became, you know, a fabric nerd and and nut, and you know, and when I was at night, you know, cable, and he he was very purist, and and I liked the technical, you know, the Lamontas or the 
Olmatex or the you know Miyoki or or those kind of Italian mills that were real technical and and so the, the two together is is um, I suppose where where you see a lot of our our kind of um, handwriting. That's um, yeah, no, that's fascinating. It's 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 I I did a uh, course uh, like a a late fashion course a night course just a few years ago. Um, kind of had a bit of a change gear in career and wanted to become like a fashion designer or at least get to know the fabric and how to manipulate fabric more and really get my head in in the weeds but it's it's honestly so much harder than people think i think people have from the outside look at fashion design and think well let's just see how we can make a, a dress look or make a, a suit look or make something else aesthetically look but they don't understand the minutiae of how fabric performs and what limitations yeah. certain fabrics have and it's only when you get into those sort of things like seam allowance and things like you like crying, yeah. or you're like especially as a 44 year old i was like i'm, I'm good <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's, it's too late in the game for me but maybe for someone else um but yeah so i'm always yeah. i'm always fascinated maybe, by maybe it's like anything it's like you go you know you learn that i, I mean because i learned it so young it, it kind of just sort of stuck with me and, and i don't i mean you know, people say that to me. I, I don't. I find it very easy to kind of see what what something's going to look from two D into three D. You know, and and I can kind of visualize that really easily. And and I can if I can see a fabric, then I can visualize whether it's going to work or not, or whether it's going to be too lightweight or too heavyweight, or you know, all, all those things very very quickly. You know what? You know, but I'm extremely dyslexic, and and you know, so that the, there's lots of things that I that people find very easy that that I really struggle with. You know, right. um, um, uh, you know that that's um, but my mum, you know, my dad was an architect, and my mum was an interior designer, so I kind of grew up with this sort of you know world world of being able to translate you know two D into three D and and technical and and tactile and and you know so it's it's kind of been drummed into me you know early on um, nice. that kind of intense academy learning and the creative kind of elsewhere like you know just harnessing whatever you can see into something palpable i guess and then your dad's very you know research driven i guess and everything it has to be on paper but yeah um, definitely, definitely. Kesson, um I'm yeah. going to have to let you go. You've got a life to get on with. I've got a cat that's getting soaked outside. He, he, needs, to, <laughs> he needs to be let in, poor fella. And uh, um, people can go find the brand, uh, obviously, at, in your in your stores around the world. Uh, Kestin.co, the website, and hang around on uh, Instagram at Kestin.co, I believe. Um, but we'll leave all the links in the show notes. And again, Kestin, thanks so much for your time. Really great talking oh, to you. Nice talking to you. You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you would like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.